Recorded live from the wayofm.org studios in the fabulous Fetter Building in Rochester, New York, welcome to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. And on tonight's episode of the Transformation Thursday podcast, we are happy to have with us Emma Bruce. Emma is like a lot of Gen X women who happen to be transgender like me. And me. She has lived the majority of her life as a bloke. Hmm. Bloke, you say? Can we get that in American slang, please? Yeah, but Emma's really English. Yeah, but this show is spoken in American. Well, well at least the American, several American dialects, actually. <laughs> well, that's definitely true. So we'll have to see if Emma can speak any American dialects. Moving on, Emma has lived most of her life as a dude, even though she suspected she was transgender at quite a young age. However, growing up in the 80s and 90s, she didn't quite have the words to describe what she was feeling, and so she went on living her life as a bloke, or I mean, dude. Yeah, dude. However she lived, or however she lived, (laughs) she persisted, and that's what matters. But for now, let's continue with the time-honored tradition of the music swell and fade out. Let's talk about change, Amy. Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loonie, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation. The topic of Transformation Thursday. Oh, yeah, that. Well, we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today. Everything changes, and change isn't good or bad. It just is. The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of love, we do have expenses, and by going to TransformationThursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today, plus get exclusive patrons-only content. Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh, God, I hope so. Okay, then. TransformationThursday.com. Also, can you break a 20 for me? Sure. I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I am Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm still Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her as well. Today, we welcome to the podcast, all the way from London, England, Emma Bruce. Emma has known for quite a long time that she's transgender, but because of life and cultural norms, she hid that part of her life. Even as a child, she was dressing in female clothing. Through her university years at Oxford University, yes, that Oxford, even at one point starting a form of HRT in the early 2000s, only to stop because she wanted to get married and have kids. Now she is quite literally in the final days of living as a part-time trans woman, and early in the new year, she will start living full-time as her true self. But my first question to you, Emma, is how does it feel to be Amy's other best friend? (laughs) Well, uh... Yeah, Amy's other best friend. That's uh, yes. that's great. Yeah, well, that's because Amy, <laughs> according to according to the media here in Rochester, New York, Amy and I are best friends. 
And we do our yeah, best to dissuade people from no, thinking that. That's, that's absolutely right. That would be it's, last week's guest, Megan Mack, who dubbed us that. Yeah, she actually did that on a, I think she wrote that on like Twitter or something. We're the we're best friends and we're like, we didn't know one asked us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all of a sudden showed up on a WXXI newscast. Oh, we're that's like, right. Yeah. We're like, uh, okay. Okay, sure. Whatever. Whatevs. We can roll with that. Yeah. So how, but so Emma, tell, tell Penny what it's like to be my English best friend. It's, it's been amazing. It's, it's been absolutely amazing. And, um, um, I, I think I one just of the have, things... you don't have to suck up to me because we had so much fun. <laughs> Actually, what I would really like to know is how, I mean, you're in England. We probably need to not talk about some of the stuff we got up to while we're over. Well, here, here, we're over here. here's my question. I want to know how you two actually met each other. That might be an interesting story since you're in England and Amy is in the U.S. of A. Okay. Do you, do you want to go with that, Amy, or shall I? You do it. I want to hear it from your viewpoint. So, so for me, I, mean, I think one of the things that's been a you know a problem for me for an awful long time is that I was very alone and um, I had lots of friends but none of them knew I was trans and none of them knew anything or, or cross-dressing or whatever I called it at the time and so I had absolutely no one to talk to and so um, and, and you know towards the end of last year I think it was October I um, I started to I finally started to look around on the internet and Find a find a couple of communities that I could uh, become part of, and um, one of them was on um, one of one of them was on a service called Discord, and Discord is actually um, it's aimed at, at um, computer gamers, letting them sort of voice chat while they're um, while they're playing games, basically. Um, and for some reason, there was a quite a trans community built up on Discord, and and I stumbled on a link to one of the servers that. Uh, uh, that it, that it set up, and so that's so why I joined. And um, you know, I, fairly fairly quickly, I found there was you know, I, I I found myself meeting some people, and there's you know, one person in particular was you know very special and seemed to be going through um, going through very similar stuff that I was at the time, and and that was Amy. Um, and and you know, being the internet, you don't even know where where each other are to begin with. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm in I'm in the UK, and and she's in upstate New York. Um, but but that's that's how we met. Wow, does that sound about right, Amy? Yeah, that sounds about right. And you know, then quickly from there, then last February, you know, Emma and I were going back and forth, and we've been talking what three four months at that point, and mm -hmm. we had developed quite a good friendship over you know the internet and. We came up with this idea in February of that, hey, maybe we should get together and hang out. And that's how that first trip to London came together. And I hadn't even really started doing stand-up yet, but Emma had seen one of my um, class graduation shows and said, hey, I want to see you do stand-up. So once I booked the trip over oh, to London man. with Emma, I'm like, oh, I better start doing some stand-up and practicing because all of a sudden I had a gig in London. And How did she do, <laughs> Emma? It was she was fantastic and and i mean i don't know i don't know if amy's sort of told everyone this story but the the organizer of the gig that that um that amy went to was absolutely astounded at how well she did and and you know this is this is a guy the the organizer is a guy that's a long history of working in comedy and um he he was saying um 
yeah, the, the the way that Amy performed that evening was it's like someone who's done a hundred gigs, two hundred gigs, three hundred gigs, and and I think Amy was it like nine or or something like that. That was your ninth gig. Yeah, if you want to look at formal gigs other than um, open open mics. mics, yeah, that that's about where I was at that point when I got over there. But you know, it was a great night. Kyle Wallace is his name, and he hosts what's called G&B Comedy. He does three comedy nights midweek in London. And according to one of the papers over there, he hosts the wokest comedy nights in London. So, you know. Wokest. Wokest. Not the most woke, but the wokest. Yeah. I, maybe that's a, I don't know. <laughs> I like that. That's, a, that's the Midwestern part of Amy. What, did, what was the reaction to Amy's uh, dialect when she got there? I mean, in, in America, when you hear somebody with this a. This is about Emma. With a with a well, when you hear someone with a, with a voice like yours, everybody's thinking Emma is probably fairly posh and and well groomed and mannered and genteel. What is what is the British view of uh, of us American folks when they hear an American accent? Oh, I think I think people actually love to love to to meet uh, Americans. I mean, honestly, the the reaction from over here is mainly that we're friends. I think the the default is oh, you know, it's an American accent that you know friendly person um but with 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 amy i think quite a few people thought she was from canada um <laughs> well she, she looks do. canadian <laughs> well i'm a fan of south park and so i, I don't see the kind of well no well, she, she's head. she's statuesque she's tall she's elegant she's blonde i mean she's she looks blonde. like she can wrestle a moose i mean all those things <laughs> Okay, that's enough about Amy. I want to hear more about you. How, how you tell, tell us your 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 origin stories. When did you? Because I get this question a lot. When did you realize that you were transgender, or at least not a man, if you couldn't use the word transgender? See, this, this is this has been a long time coming, and most most of it is around me not not reading things right and not seeing the signs. So, and I mean. When the first time somebody actually told me I was transgender, because I didn't, I, it wasn't that I could work, I, I didn't work it out for myself. I had to have somebody tell me. Um, so it was about midway, uh, about halfway through um, 2018 was when somebody said, well, yeah, you're transgender. Um, but when it, when everything started for me was, was back when I was about six or seven, I think. Um, I think that the problem was that, that you know, I've been doing this my whole life with gaps here and there. Um, it, it's just I didn't know what it was. Until last year, I didn't know what it was that was going on. Okay. And then, so what, 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 when you look back, what were the things that you're going, wow, that should have been a, for me, um, it was like I wanted to switch bathing suits with a next door neighbor girl. Uh, when I, when I was looking at a Halloween costume, I automatically picked a, a, a woman's, a girl's costume. And my father was like, which one? And then I had to like point at whatever one nearest it that I could do. Uh, but for me, the same thing I was told to my mom, when I was eight years old, got a little bit tipsy and said that I was supposed to have been a girl because of all the old wives tales. Uh, you know, that I, I was high and she had acne while I was being carried by her. And, and I was a month late. And these are all signs that, you know, from old wives tales that I was supposed to be a girl. So I was born a disappointment. Uh, 
Um, and and she, I'm sure you would. I well, no, I, I'm that, that we could sometime we could talk about my my relationship with my mother, but this is not the time. This is the time to talk about you. But I just everything you're saying is is kind of resonating with me. Um, and, and as as you grew up, did you do the um, hiding clothes, purging clothes routine? Oh, absolutely. And 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 I think I mean, one of the things I. I, until I started talking to other people more, and you know, this is only in the last year or so, I, I thought I was unique. I thought there was nobody else like me in the whole world. Um, and so, yeah, I went through, uh, and now I know a few more people and, and hear, hear other people's stories. I think this is actually quite a common thing. Um, so, yeah, there was um, there was an awful lot of, um, uh, well, I th- you know, it's driven by guilt. And so even when I was six or seven, when I started, I knew this was not something I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, and it was, and I, I do wonder, because I have children around that age myself now, and it's like, how on earth at that age did I already know that this is something I had to keep secret and, and I had that, that I shouldn't tell anybody and, and, and that I needed to feel guilty about. But I don't know how that, that had already been kind of, you know, instilled into my head, but it had. So, um, so yeah, the guilt and, and shame and embarrassment is, was there all the way through. And so, yes, there was a lot of times where I was purging and, um, you know, particularly through my teenage years, I was, you know, I, I was starting to build up, some, you know, I was buying some clothes and then the guilt would hit and I would throw them all away and then I would feel absolutely terrible straight afterwards and, and start buying more and then throw those away. We, you know, we just went through some cycles of that. Um, and all the time I, I, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why I was doing this and why I wanted to do it. I just felt that it was wrong. Um, and as, however much I tried to stop it, I couldn't. Um, but I still didn't have a name for what it was that I was doing or what, what this was that, that, uh, that, that, caused me to do it, I guess. And that sounds pretty similar for a lot of Gen Xers. You know, my story is pretty similar in that same time frame. Um, I didn't have the wardrobe, fortunately for me or unfortunately for my sister. I was able to fit into her clothes. So, oops. Lucky you. Yeah, I finally admitted that to her last year. Yeah. I also <laughs> want to say that as a baby boomer, I was exactly in the same place. Yeah. I don't think this is just a Gen X thing. It's maybe generationally for up until, I don't know, the last 20 years, maybe. Uh, or even yeah. less than that, uh, that it's been a little bit more uh, common. Probably, probably the birth of the internet yeah. and, and the chat rooms is, is probably where where people began to realize this. Well, that's where you're able to establish communities. Yeah, because not, they're so it, small. Yeah, because they're so small. So you could find community online just like Emma and I did. And that's when she really realized that there's a huge community out there that she hadn't tapped into yet. So, you know, because I do know some of your story, Emma, you know, there's there's a couple gaps in there that I want to touch. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. your father? And, you know, because, you know, we've we've discussed this, you know, his reaction to the times that he caught you weren't really what you would think from a traditional English male in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um yeah, um, and at the time I was, I mean, so this happened, I think, you know, this happened a few times and, um, you know, a few of them stick in my mind, but I think there's actually a number, it, it, it probably happened seven or eight times in total. I can remember maybe five of them. Um, and, um, 
you know, there was one really quite early on, seven or eight year, years old, and um, he caught me red-handed. Um, oh. And uh, um, you, you sure uh, that wasn't red dressed? Red dress. Is that a good color for you? I wasn't, I yes, wasn't actually wearing the clothes. Okay. I wasn't actually wearing the clothes at the time. I was trying to get hold of them. And, you know, this is a source of a huge embarrassment for me still. But, yeah, where where does a seven, you know, seven-year-old boy get hold of women's clothes? And it was, you know, it was my mother's, my mother's stuff I was, I was getting. And, you know, I, I feel terrible about it. Um, but that's just that's what I was doing, and and he found me, and um, uh, there was a moment when I was kind of cornered because I was in their room, and uh, I heard him coming up the stairs, um, and uh, I knew there was no way out, and I was there was no way I could make it look like I wasn't doing what I was actually doing, um, and he came in, and it it could have been it could have been incredibly ugly, you know. He, he, he wasn't a particularly physical, you know, he didn't, I mean, he didn't hit me very often. He did every now and then, but um, I knew that I was in big trouble. Um, and, you know, he had a bit of a temper on him, but that's, that was not what I got at all. Um, he saw what I, you know, he saw what the look on my face, I guess. And um, he tried to help me. Um, and uh, I don't think he really knew how to. Um, and so, you know, on that occasion, I came out of it and I felt absolutely incredibly embarrassed, but he did nothing. He, and I found out more recently that he never spoke to my mother about it. Um, in fact, he did nothing about it. He just spoke to me, told me, don't worry about it. Let's put the stuff away. And then that was the end of it. So was that the definition of help then, where he just kind of helped you bury it then? or I think, he, I think that was him helping me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. And, and the, any idea, maybe, you know, did he do any dressing behind the scenes? And did your has your mom ever shared anything like that with you? I don't think so. Um, she, she, I mean, I've talked to her about it more recently, and she's. I mean, she said to me, "I've, I never, I've never known anybody who's done this before," and so, um, so, as far as I'm aware, no, he didn't. It does make me think. I mean, you hear statistics, and statistics around transgenderism are so vague. And I, you know, I heard heard you both talking about this in an earlier podcast. But it's a pity because no one really collects statistics, so it's difficult to know. But I hear rough numbers. You know, forty percent genetic. You know that that there's a forty percent chance if uh, if a parent is is trans, then one of the children will be trans. So. That, you know, it, it always it always goes into your head that it could one of my parents have had something similar to me. Um, you know, again, it goes into my head. Could my could one of my children have something? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I with my father, I have not seen any evidence that he has. But the is your father still alive? Time, my father, no. Sadly, my father died uh, in the early two thousands. Okay. So, um, so I can't ask him. For sure. All right. Um, I, it, it's one of these things. I, it would have been difficult to come out to him. Um, but it does make me wonder if there was ever anything he would have said back to me if I did. Right. And how was coming out to your mom? That was um, that was something I was dreading, and actually, my sister helped me with it. Um, 
so my sister's been great. Um, I, I spoke to her. Um, I, my coming out process has been a sort of multi-stage thing. And there was, um, there was a time in 2007 where I, I came out to a, a number of people but I came out at the time I had no idea I was trans. I thought I was just a cross dresser. And so I came out to some people and told them what I understood at the time. And my sister was one of them and she was great. Um, I then basically closeted myself for a decade. And it's only more recently that I've spoken to her again. Um, and my sister actually was the one who told my mother um, that, uh, that this was, this was what's going on. And, um, I was very, I was very worried and scared about even talking to to my mum. When I, uh, when I, what I heard back from my sister was that her main reaction was she was so she was upset because I'd had this going on for such a long time and she'd never been able to help me. Um, and so, when I did talk to her, and I've had two fairly long conversations with her about it, um, she's been. She's been absolutely great. Um, I think the one thing the one thing I would say is that she has quite a bit of. She's quite scared of seeing me as Emma for the first time, and that's not happened yet. Um, and that's something that that I'm quite conscious. I don't want to rush into. I need to manage it right with her. But her heart, her her heart is in the right place. She's trying to help me, and she's doing doing as much as she possibly can. So real quick, I know we we jumped forward to 2017 and some more modern stuff here in your story, but I want to go back yet to, you know, you, you know, through your teen and university years, you know, talk about, you know, the binges, the purge, no, not binging, excuse me, wrong word. That's <laughs> clothes binging. Clothes binging. Yeah, well, there was clothes, a bit of clothes binging, yes. Well, there still may be. And <laughs> definitely clothes purging. And so, but you're not purging anymore. So talk about some of the, you know, those cycles and the feelings around that. And then also oh. let's tie that into, like I said, because I know your story and you provided us so much great information. But then bring that into 2002 and, you know, some of the things that were going on in your life then. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess the, the, the purging, um, I think a lot of the purging was going on through my teenage years and I had, there was various reasons and you know, it's all driven by guilt. Um, I, you know, I, I felt guilty for, for doing this in the first place. Um, there was, um, uh, at one point I became involved in uh, an evangelical Christian group and, um, yeah, an awful lot of guilt came out of that, and um, I even had a moment where I um, I was just flicking through a Bible when I was about fourteen or fifteen, and and the Bible fell open at a page, and it was, you know, um, a verse I think you you're familiar with, uh, Amy. Deuteronomy twenty two fifteen. Yep, exactly, exactly, uh, uh, and it basically says, you know, God hates you if you dress in in women's clothes and you're a man, right? So. It, it was there in black and white. And so, you know, the guilt, the guilt just, just, you know, there all the time. And there was a couple of times I was almost caught and, um, uh, well, no, there was a couple of times I was caught. Um, and again, guilt, I shouldn't be doing this. And so, so I would purge and, um, uh, there was, uh, you know, uh, three, four, five times during my teenage years where I threw everything away 
and for about 10 minutes afterwards i would feel good and then you know the next morning i'd feel like like absolutely awful why did i do that i love those clothes that i'm not hurting anyone i'm not doing anything wrong and it's just it's a cycle and every time i did it i knew i was it was the wrong thing to do but i would still do it because it would it would be me it, you know it's just me trying to not be trans basically that's what i'm trying to do is not be trans and i guess that that has a, is a theme that's continued all the way through my life um and um and so um going forward in time um i as as i got a little bit older i didn't have quite so much guilt around this and i got a bit more freedom to um to do what i wanted to do so um particularly um, you know, when I was at university, it was, you know, it was better. And then when I got into my mid twenties, um, I was living alone. I was single. I had a little bit more money in my pocket. And, um, I, I started just, I started buying a lot of clothes and, um, but I, I still, I didn't tell anybody, nobody knew that this was going on. Um, and what the, the way it would work for me would be, I'd, um, uh, uh, I'd go, I'd go maybe a, you know, a week or so without dressing, maybe a couple of weeks, and then I would just feel really wound up like a spring, and I, I would know that, you know, it's it's like um, some kind of uh, real pressure tension build up, and um, I think if it wasn't, if I hadn't been doing this for so long, I wouldn't know what to do about it. But I knew, I knew exactly what I needed and what I needed was to dress. And so I would have an evening at home. I'd cook myself some dinner. I'd open a bottle of wine. I would dress and um, I, I would just feel serene, calm, amazing, amazing feeling of, of well-being. Um, and then I'd just go back to being a boy the next day and forget all about it. Mm. Um, and then I guess 2002, um, so that was, 2002 was, was during the time I was, I was still sort of living, um, living, I was single, I was living by myself. And, um, uh, I'd had these, I'd had these dreams had been kind of bothering me for a little while. Um, and, and, Basically, it was a dream. I was waking up in the morning, and um, suddenly overnight, I'd grown boobs. Oh, those are the and, best dreams. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, well, those are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember several times I would dream that I was a woman, and then I'd wake up, and I'd be pissed, and I'd try to go back to sleep again and, like, go back to that dream, you know? Yeah. No, no, uh, oh, oh. So did I That's, also? That, I also. Exactly. Oh, sorry. I'm you a, you you hit a you hit a nerve with both yeah, of us. Apparently, exactly. we jumped at the same time on that. It's like pounce. Yeah. But did I actually? Because I had that dream and it didn't happen. Then I found these MP3s online where it was like hypnosis. Like, oh, uh, you're we're gonna make you a woman. So yeah, totally sis. Totally yeah yeah totally yeah. sis. Yeah, the th with me it was lucid dreaming. I found out about lucid dreaming of ways where you recognize your dreaming and that you can ac actually work your way through it. So my my. Plan was to you can steer the dreams. Right? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna steer myself into a lingerie shop is what I was gonna try to do in my dream. Oh. Anyhow, I, I bet. <laughs> mine went you? on a little bit. Mine went on a little bit. So I, I want to hear up. yours. Uh, so I, I woke up, but then there was a bit where it was like, and and you know it wasn't just like a cups. They were huge, right? In the dream, at least. <laughs> and, um, and and then it was 
you know, the first thing was, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. I absolutely love them. And then I found that I hadn't got any clothes that fit. Or, and so I'd have this mad rush to the nearest <laughs> nearest store that would sell underwear and I'd have to go find a bra. And, and, wow. and that was... And then and that was about the time I would wake up and, and you know, as you were saying, it's just a real disappointment. It didn't actually happen. Yeah. Um, so these have been bothering me for a while and they just, I, I, you know, I don't remember dreams, but that one I definitely remembered. I had it over and over and over again. Looks like dreams so, come true. Amy just showed me a picture of a uh, of, of part of your body. So um, <laughs> congratulations. So um, when did you start HRT and how many times did, did you, did you have a, your history with hormones? Um? Right. So, um, so, so as, um, uh, yeah, in 2002, as a, as any, any regular non-transgender person does, I, um, I decided that, that this dream was really nice and I would really like to have some boobs. Um, and so I, um, I did some research on the internet at the time and um, I found um, people talking about, and, and I, th I think, you know, it was quite difficult to get hold of the real deal hormones back then, but people were saying, right, well, you know, there's a whole load of um, herbal uh, things that you can take that are very, very similar to the proper estrogen. And if you take enough of them, then you'll, you know, you'll get start getting some effects. And um it wasn't just a sort of a passing thing. I did a lot of research and I even found a place selling progesterone gel on the internet. Um, and it's funny because this all happened. I forgot about it until I started hormones more recently. I'd forgotten I'd done all of this. And uh, <laughs> um, so, um, um, so I, yeah, in 2002, I, I went off and found five, um, five different uh, herbal things that have, you know, phytoestrogens, herbal estrogens. Um, and I was, and I started taking them. I started taking really quite hefty doses too. Wow. Not just you're sort of like, oh, you know, I, I'm just playing around with this. It was pretty decent amounts. I, and I made a spreadsheet, um, which I found recently on an old hard disk on my computer. Um, and um, and I, you know, I was measuring my chest every single day just to see what was happening. <laughs> Wow, was there was, was there, were there results? Were there uh, documented results? I, I took it. I, I only lasted for two weeks. Ah, so and and what happened I, uh, for two weeks? And I was really liking it. Um, not that anything was happening, or anything, you know, that it doesn't really. Uh, some people say that these these herbal things work. I don't think they do very well, or that it would take an awful long time to work. Um, so, but for me, it was the. the the feeling of taking them was nice, but mm. the thing that really got me, that, that really finished me off with them was after two weeks was I, I just woke up one morning. And I was like, I want to have children. And I knew that if I carried on with this, it would make me infertile and I would never be able to do that. So, um, I, um, I decided that, you know, I needed to stop. And so that was the end of that. And as I say, I, I, I did it. I stopped after two weeks and I totally forgot about it. It was like it was kind of buried in my in my memory. Well, I think that's a lot of times where, you know, Penny and I have talked about this. If you would have asked us before we even came out or even after I started HRT, are you transgendered? No, I'm gender fluid. I'm a cross-dresser, whatever it is. Mm. It's anything but what it really is. Yeah. yeah. I started out calling myself androgynous and then bi-gender and then agender for a while. 
So I, I understand that entirely. So uh, did you have any girl? You, you mentioned children. So uh, you were married for a while. Did you have girlfriends? Did you, your relationships with women, what was that like, I guess, is my question. Yeah. Um, and th this was, again, this was something that it, I, I really didn't have any relationships with women for a, for a long time. And I, I really wanted to. Um, but it was like there was something kind of holding me back. And, uh, and again, it's only when I've more recently been in touch with other other trans people, I find that this is, it's not everybody, you know, but there's a number of us that, that find the same. It's a, bit, a little bit difficult to make emotional re relationships with people when you've got all of this going on in, in your head. Um, but for me, you know, it, it, it got to, um, 2007 was quite an important year for me and I'd been single for an awful long time. And I, um, I got to, what is it? About 33. Um, and I, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, I, I, I want to have children. I want to be in a relationship. Why am I, why am I not? And it never occurred to me that there was anything else, you know, that, the, 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 what I thought was cross-dressing was, was something that was involved at the time. Um, so, you know, I, I had to, there was a, there was a number of things I wasn't happy with about myself at the time. And I worked on those and, um, uh, um, I, I started dating and, and uh, you know, uh, formed, a, uh, or found, found, um, an amazing, um, lady that I, I really loved. And, um, uh, had a relationship with her for um for for a number of months um and um it, it so i was getting i got quite worried about the fact that i had in my house my wardrobe was entirely full of women's clothes hmm. and um i mean if you'd open the door of that wardrobe there was virtually no men's clothes in there it was all women's clothes wow i we had call like the closet five, the closet a, no pun intended yes. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right. And this, the, okay. well, the closet so, where so what, I. So what happens? So, so yeah, in the closet which where, where I'd resided for many years. But um, uh, so yeah, <laughs> fabulously had, had, it sounds like. But yeah. continue on. Yeah. Oh, and I'd been looking fairly well. Um, so I thought, well, she, you know, she hasn't found anything yet, but she will if you know she she was starting to spend a lot of time around my place and stuff. So, um, so I thought, right, well. I'm going to build myself up to this. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. I will tell her. And so um, one evening we're having a, we're having a nice evening, um, and I just came out with it and told her I'm I I'm cross dressed right dressing women's clothes, um, and her her attitude just just switched immediately switched, um, hmm. and um, and that was it. Then I mean she actually dumped me on the spot. That was wow. the end of it. And so I'd gone through all of this time through my life of um, I um, I was worried about what people's reactions would be um, when I told them, when I showed them what I was like. And I, I at that time, I kind of thought to myself, well, it can't be as bad as it looks in my head. And then I did tell someone and it was just as bad as oh I, my I was God. worried. That's a, that's I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, that is really. That must have really set you back uh, pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. That I had, I had a couple of really bad weeks. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, what about your it, your wife? Did you? 
Um, did you did you tell when her, when you told her what was her reaction? Right. So so I sort of after the, after that episode, um, it was a little a little while before I met my wife. But then I you know I did and I, I effectively I learnt my lesson. I mm. told I told one partner and um, it went very badly. So what I did was. I had one final purge. I threw absolutely everything away, and um, it was I, I, it was uh, it absolutely killed me to do it. But I did it, and um, I threw the whole lot away. and And then I started again. I started dating again, but I started dating as a cis person. Um, and um, and then when I when I met her, I didn't tell her because, well, there was nothing to tell. I had no clothes. I wasn't dressing. I, I, I stopped. I had nothing to dress in. I didn't do it. And for many, many years, I didn't dress at all. Um, and so, no, I, I, no, I didn't tell her. Um, we, we built a great relationship. We got married. We had children. Um, and I never told her uh, until recently. Yeah. So, but going back to, you know, when you met your, you know, soon to be ex, correct? I'm kind of foreshadowing. No, I'm not foreshadowing. I'm giving some spoilers here. Um, but, you know, at that point, did you view yourself as cured? You know, like I have this yeah. beat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And actually I was, I was overjoyed. I was, my feeling about it was when I, and I didn't think about it so much, but when I did think about it, I was so happy because I'd been trying to beat this my whole life, and I thought I'd beaten it. Yeah, I remember that feeling. I remember trying to do the same thing. You know, for a while there, I was I was praying. I had these two prayers that I would do. One would be that I'd wake up a a, a, a girl or or a woman, and then after a while, I was like, let me just wake up and be and be a be a guy. You know, like let my insides match my outsides, or my outsides match my insides. But this, you know, halfway shit was just killing me. So I can I remember, understand that. I remember that. I remember praying that second prayer. Yeah. When I was when I was when I was doing my Christian thing, I remember the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Circling back, Just I think take it away from me. I don't want this anymore. Yeah, and also circling back, I think uh, it's Deuteronomy twenty two five. Did you say Deuteronomy twenty two fifteen or? Yeah, I said fifteen. It, it's, it's it's twenty two five. Yeah, yeah I have it. I, I remember. Yeah, I have. A, I have it. Can we can we do a little side angle thing here? As Deuteronomy twenty two five in the new new international version says, a woman must not wear men's clothing nor a man wear women's clothing. For the Lord your God Lord detests your God. anyone who does this. Yeah. Now I remember. There's, there's a couple of things. First off, I am not a man who wears women's clothing. I am a woman in a man's body. And there's a big difference. And, and the second thing, from a historical perspective, the the we were at that time there was a very gendered society where women uh, outside of marriage did not have anything to do with men, and men outside of marriage did not have anything to do with women. So why they were doing that was because they were sneaking into each other's camps in order to have heterosexual sex. So that was the reason why that was there. That was not a that was not an anti-trans thing. But people never remember the historical context of this. So I, I'm done. I, I'm off my I'm off my Christian high horse here. And you know, uh, I didn't I didn't know that even to this day. And certainly when I was 14 or 15, when I when I read it, I didn't know that because it doesn't fit but, the narrative of the of the of the reactionary Christian groups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, the the feeling of opening the book randomly God. and it's reading that it's like oh 
it, God is speaking to me this morning. Uh, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And and you know you could you can tell yourself a million times that was that was just you know random, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, at the time it it didn't feel like that. Yeah. A person I like Acts eight twenty six to forty much better. That's a story about Philip and the eunuch. It was the first the first non Jewish person to be baptized in the faith was a eunuch. Was Ethiopian a, eunuch. Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah, if that's not if that's not a sign. And, 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 and the thing about that was Philip was was Philip apparently had a had a you know he was a, he was getting texts from God before there were texts from God as a CBS TV a TV show here in America. But mm-hmm. uh, he was so he was like I, I thought know, you I, said texts from God. That's 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 <laughs> well that's that's the name of the show texts from God. Oh okay. Uh, or friended by God or something like that. But yeah, so Philip was like given a, a task by God to go someplace. And in the middle of the task, God's like, wait a minute, a minute, go down the road to Jerusalem. I, and which at that time was a really dangerous road to go down. And he's like, no, don't worry, I will protect you. And the reason why was because he, because that eunuch was there. So in other words, God interrupted a, miracle, a, a, a commandment to give him this other commandment and then miracled him away from there. So it was like, it was the first, you know, game, you know, beating the big boss level up you know, before there were even video games. But that was how important it was to have this particular person be the first Gentile to be baptized in the faith was a sexless Ethiopian. I mean, let, let, people don't talk about this. Well, no, what most people don't realize about eunuchs in the Bible is that that was a third gender that yeah. was very well accepted through biblical times. Mm-hmm. But yet we just want to look at it in this binary one, two thing. Yeah. And it's just, it doesn't hold up historically, even from a theological standpoint, eunuchs are, are there are story of eunuchs all throughout the Bible, both in the Hebrew scriptures and as well as the Christian scriptures. But let's get back to Emma. Yes, I know. I'm sorry about that. All right, yeah. Emma. I think I, what, maybe what I'd okay. add to that. Emma's is going back to I, the Christian crap. So oh, well, here no, we go. Oh, I want to hear what I'm asked to say too, now. Me too. So I um not not sort of historical, you know, biblical stuff, but just um you, you hear people saying this a lot. But I was made this way, and um um you know I still have faith. I'm not I, I don't I'm not an yeah. observing Christian, but I still have faith. And and I have to think if if I'm going to follow through on that faith and and that God exists and God made me, then and. I'm, I have absolutely no doubt that I was made transgender. Mm-hmm. And so God made me transgender for some reason. Um, so, um, I, I, you know, I, it's difficult to, it's difficult to work this all out. And I guess if, you know, if, you know, part of religion is faith and you have to believe that there's a reason for things to happen and you probably won't understand why that reason is, but, um, yeah, I agree there, with you. A, there must be a reason right. in, in, yeah, for me to be like me. Uh, it just didn't happen for no reason. I, I know I, the reason. What's that? For us to be best friends. Oh. Well, okay, well, that's I mean, it. I'm no longer friends with Amy. We're no longer, we're, we're co-workers now. That's all yeah. we are, Amy. <laughs> I'm returning the gift I got for you. I have two besties. Oh, that's it. What about your kids? Getting back to you, Emma. What about your yeah. kids? How do they, how do they take the news? And do you spend time with them as yourself? Right. So, um, so it, yeah, the, it got to the point where, I've, so I've got a, a, a daughter who's six and a, a son who's who's nine, and it was getting to the point that both of them were noticing things, but the daughter in particular, she was noticing a lot, and she was commenting a lot about 
uh, you know, me looking different or me doing things different. And uh, um, I, um, yeah, I was, I felt I needed to tell them something. And so it was August this year that I, um, I finally told them. And, and this is, this is something, you know, my wife is not, um, is, is not happy in that she wanted to be there when I told them. I, I personally felt it needed to be something I did with them by myself. Um, so, so yes, I, I, I told them and um, actually Amy, I, I, with Amy's permission, I, I started the conversation off by talking about my friend Amy in, um, in America who, and, and I gave a little bit of a background about what, you know, how you felt, how, how you were born, but you weren't, you know, this wasn't, the, you weren't born in the, in the right body and, you know, all of, all of this stuff. Um, and described what being transgender was without saying, oh, by the way, it's me. Um, and by by using you, Amy, as an example, they were incredibly understanding of, of what I was talking about. And um, um, and, and I think they, they felt a lot of, um, you know, they felt a lot of a connection to you. Um, uh, well, she's on, incredibly you know, likable. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, so there's a, there's, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we, we, I flummoxed her point for me. <laughs> Not that I'm keeping score. I, well, I mean, do we want to tell them about me meeting your ex-wife? I would love to hear the story. We are definitely I talking think, about how Amy met your ex-wife. I'm, I'm hoping we're coming on to that. Yeah. I was hoping <laughs> we're coming on to that. <laughs> but, but just to finish on the, on the telling the kids side of things. Yes. Um, so yes, I, I, so I went on, you know, through that evening and I, I, I basically told them just the, you know, a half an hour later, it's like, well, you know, I talked about Amy, I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. And um, what was what was amazing to me was that um, I, they started asking me, you yeah, know, they were surprised, but they started asking me questions. And actually, I've come out to a number of, um, of people now, and um, adults don't ask as good of questions as they do. And you can tell when people are sort of, you know, when people are really thinking about it, because they always have some questions that they want to ask, and um, uh, with the with the kids, there were you know amazing things they were asking. I mean, um, quite quickly, they were like, uh, "Do you have another name?" And um, I wasn't expecting them to jump to that quite so quickly. Um, they wanted to know what I looked like and have have I been out? And uh, you know, there was a load of things they were asking me, um, and. Um, more recently that so they haven't seen they haven't seen me entirely dressed um and part of the reason for that is because my wife's not my wife wants to be there when that happens basically and when she's not seen me she's not seen me dressed either um but we've got so close i mean my daughter's seen me with the wig she's seen me with makeup and the wig she's seen me dressed in in a dress but yeah it, she said she said to me the other day well i can just in my imagination i can put all the, all of this together and i know what you look like oh and they've seen loads of pictures too right um, but yeah they they they're generally very supportive i think my son may have some i think my son is has more hesitation than my daughter oh that's for sure yeah mm -hmm. so yeah uh so and, and so now amy is going to going so amy have you met her met 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 uh, met uh, Emma's uh, ex. I've met Emma's ex, but I was supposed to meet Emma's children, but just out of 
courtesy for Emma's ex. I did not meet the children on my last trip over. I imagine next summer when I come over, I probably will. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, but so l- let's let's let Emma tell the fabulous story of me meeting uh, Emma's soon-to-be ex-wife. I'd love to hear yes. this. Let me get the popcorn. So, uh, yeah. Oh, you're going to need it. <laughs> I still know. I've got the popcorn. Go ahead. So um, this was uh, um, Amy's Amy's trip over. I, I um, it, it was it started quite badly from my side. I, I mean, for yeah, Amy Amy was doing so well, but um, my my wife was not keen on me spending any time with Amy, and it was it seems to be one thing after another, after another, we're causing, she was, you know, she was kind of throwing his obstacles in the way. And I, I ended up after a couple of days saying, look, this is ridiculous. You know, my, my, one of my best friends is staying, has, has flown over from America and is staying like about two miles or a mile and a half up the road. And I can't even go out for dinner with her without you giving me a hard time. And, and I think she, I think, I think my wife actually kind of, understood and saw what I was talking about and and she had a bit of a change of heart partway through um partway through Amy's trip and so um um you know the second half we we spent a lot more time together but but I, I you know I said to my wife um uh, there's you know there's an evening Saturday evening that we could actually um we could the three of us you me and Amy could um could go out together um and, and there was an event going on locally that um, that we could go out and see. Um, and I said, "Look, if you want to do it, then this is a really great opportunity for you to meet one of my friends." Um, and she'd been quite resistant to meeting anyone that I knew as a trans friend before. Um, and I was quite surprised because I just threw it out there, expecting the answer to be immediately, "No, absolutely not." But actually, her reaction was not like that at all. It was more, uh, why do you want me to meet Amy? And I said, well, I think you probably would benefit from meeting Amy. I, it, from my point of view, it, you know, it, it, I don't think I'm going to gain anything out of it. Um, well, you already but, have. Yeah, you got Amy. Uh, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I've already, I've already got all the benefit. Um, but Not I all. Think, not not all, not all. Uh, correct. I, but uh, okay. uh, you know, I've I've got a great friend, somebody somebody I'm you know, I'm, I have such a connection with. Um, but I, I thought I thought for my wife it would make it would help her to just just frame this a little bit and understand what's going through my head because, uh, Amy, you're I think it's fair to say you're a few months ahead of me generally in terms of what's going on in your relationship and in your life, right? Yeah, and I think that was a big, the way we, you framed that according to me, or at least according what you portrayed to me is that, you know, the big reason for me to meet to meet your ex is because, you know, that way she had questions pertaining to the children. And, you know, in that regard, I think I think we provided her some good information um, walking around Elton Palace. That's right. That's right. And it was a lovely evening and, you know, the, the palace, it was all lit up and it was, it was great, but um we started off it was it was all you know fairly polite and a little bit of small talk and then just as we got towards the end of it um she started hitting you with a few tough questions right right 
Well, yeah, not only tough questions, you know, regarding the kids and everything else, you know, but I think, you know, and you've expressed this back to me is, you know, it's very honest with her. You know, I think mm. in a lot of regards, one of our prior guests summed this up here on the show and I, you know, use her her quote or feeling about this like it's easier for us to transition than it is for our spouses to witness us going through the transition so you know i put my soul out there for a little bit i acknowledged a couple mistakes and regrets that i had with my transition but i also gave her some very frank advice on what to do with the children how to handle things with the children what's worked what hasn't worked for our kids and then as well as you know you know, and also a big concern, I think, for a lot of suburban moms are, you know, what are what are the parents and kids going to think at school? So, you know, I think we come from pretty similar suburbs. I think you might be a yeah. touch more posh than me. No, but she's got the accent, so obviously she's more posh than either yeah, of us. Yeah, I know, okay. I know. She's always more British posh accent. than us. British accent sound posh, so I'm not really that posh. Yeah, you. that's what all the posh people really say. You know that, don't you? <laughs> They don't recognize their own poshness. Have you ever heard anybody from Liverpool? That's not posh. Uh, yeah, John, that's, Paul, no, George, and Ringo. Ah. But anyhow, so what I really am impressed with is um, the gentleness with which your your health your 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 transitioning away from this marriage with your with your soon to be ex, or is is it soon to be ex, or is is she your ex? She, uh, soon to be. Um, yeah, you're separated. The divorce or? is in progress. So yeah. no, we're still we're still in the same house. We're sleeping in separate rooms in the same house currently. Um, and, and this is this is something I was um, I was very very worried about. And I spent a long time, you know, with you Amy talking about this and just how uh -huh. much I was fearful of what what this was going to involve. Because, um, and in fact, it, it it was something that made me think I don't. I don't want to transition because transition involves all this pain. Uh, and um, as I've got closer to transitioning and realized that I have no choice, I can't stop it. Um, um, one of the things that's been, um, I've been so lucky with is uh, not just luck, but you know, my, my wife has been amazing. Um, is, is that she is, she she i think understands way more than i i thought she did and you know during the time that we were yeah you know, there's there's been a, a fair amount of arguments and heat and anger in in the whole process and i dropped i dropped this news on her and i did it in a really bad way and and from my point of view it just got or from her point of view it just got worse and worse i you know i started i started on hormones and i didn't tell her Mm. And the, you know the reason I didn't tell her is because I didn't feel like I, I could tell her, but I, I still did that. And uh, um, she has every right to be super angry with me. Um, but um, the way this is working out at the moment, and I'm kind of got my fingers crossed because the whole thing hasn't finished yet. I'm touching wood. We can. Me too. Me too. Um, uh, I, I, I hope that the things continue going as well as they are at the moment, but it looks like we can, we can end the marriage and separate um, without becoming enemies. And that to me is such an important thing. Um, and in fact, I think we can remain friends. Um, and again, I really, really want to be friends with her. Um, 
and now we you know we haven't spoken to the children yet and we need to um and i i, I hope that when we come to talk to them um that that they can understand and that, that yeah um i i hope that, that that things go okay with um telling the children but i i have a feeling that two pair two ex parents or ex uh, two ex um uh, spouses who are parents who are still talking still meeting each other going out for the odd family thing together i think that's probably about as good as it gets for a divorce and i hope that's where we're going to end up so I'm going to interject here real quick with that. You know, one of the big pieces of advice I gave you and your soon-to-be ex at the palace at night was to make sure you have counselors lined up. And I think you're, mm. you're looking into that. So, I, you know, yeah. this is a form of trauma that's very severe for children. And if we don't give them the proper tools to deal with trauma in their lives, this is something that could cause a lot of long-term pain and damage. So I think mm -hmm. both of you understood that that evening, and I would still highly suggest that. And so make sure you take that into consideration as you work through this process. So I'm going to ask you one final question, Emma, and then we're going to do a quick wrap up here um, because we've been talking for, you know, almost an hour at this point. Boy, time flies and it is after one o'clock in the morning there. It is 8 p.m. here <laughs> on the I've East Coast. Fun. Somebody needs their this. beauty sleep, I yeah, think. I, yep, yep, she does. So, but what are, what are your media plans once we get through the holidays for Emma? So, um, and, and this is something I've been, I, I've never really thought that I'd be able to do this, but I'm, um, I'm going to be able to be Emma full time. And um, Congratulations. I, I'm so excited about that. Um, for the, um, and, and I've been doing things recently that I never thought I would do. So I, um, I, I went to a, a, a Christmas party with my, uh, organized at work. 50 people i walked into the room um dressed as emma i was wearing a cocktail dress um i i never i literally never thought i would ever do anything like this um i'm now looking forward to the day that i can start going in um as, as emma to work and in fact three or four people have now said to me oh when are you going to start coming in like this every day and and people actually said to me that evening you look so much happier why don't you come in like this every day Aww. um yeah it's a great question uh, uh, the, you know i'm holding myself back just because um uh, my my wife's not quite ready to see me coming and going from the house dressed um and i you know i have a lot of respect for for I'm trying to respect her wishes in this. And I, I'm thinking, you know, I've got a month or two left, I think, where I have to be, be a boy. And then I can I can do this properly. Congratulations. So, yep. I am so excited. I, I am just so excited about this. Um, 2020 is going to be a great year for me. Um, there'll, be, there'll be obstacles and setbacks, but I just feel so confident um, and, and happy. Well, I'm happy for you, Emma. Well, Emma, I'm going to I'm going to end this portion on a personal note just to let you know, you know, we've we've had a few friends of mine on the show um, locally here, Megan and Evan and of course Penny's like my best friend here locally. But you know, your friendship to me 
to me has meant a lot because we have been, you know, you've been a month or two behind me on a lot of this journey. So we've been able to learn and talk with each other. And, and I think we, we have the kind of friendship where we can be honest and keep it real with each other in a way that's polite and direct. And if we disagree, we, we vocalize that and we tell each other, Mm -hmm. we keep moving forward, but you know, so, you know, I've had some great memories with you this year with my two trips over to England. But, you know, the last two days that we had on our last trip, you know, uh, that night in Manchester with with Alice oh. and Sarah was fantastic. And, yes. you know, I never thought it a four, as a 47 year old woman, I would be dancing till 4 a.m. in the morning. But there I was. <laughs> but then also to share that moment with with you and your wife at the palace and, you know, to be able to have that moment and be very real, very honest, and, you know, make that connection with her, you know, meant a lot to me. And, you know, please pass along to her that I'm very thankful for that memory. And, you know, we'll definitely keep talking with you throughout the end of this year and into next year. And maybe we'll have to have Emma back for a little um, post once she goes full time little chat. I would love that. It's been really great talking with you, Emma. And thank you very much. And uh, I hope we have a chance to talk again. Maybe just you and me. We can we can dish about Amy. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds good. Maybe we can do it in person next time. Maybe, Annie. maybe I could become your new best friend, and we can just ditch Amy entirely. Well, I have a better well, idea. <laughs> Emma, Penny, and my ex. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, this has been a fun, fun conversation, and I really uh, I wish you a, a, a merry Christmas and a happy New Year, and may twenty twenty be the best year ever, and the next one better than that. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Good night, Emma. Bye bye. Bye. If you'd like to support Transformation Thursday, you can do so in the following ways. On Facebook, like the Transformation Thursday podcast. To support us financially, you can do so by going to our Patreon page by typing www.transformationthursday.com into your browser of choice. On Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to Transformation Thursday. And on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and write us a short review. It's free, and it really helps to get Transformation Thursday out to a broader audience. Finally, Transformation Thursday is copyrighted material, all rights reserved, 2019. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. Amy, your friend Emma is amazing. I'm so glad you had her on the show like this. Yeah, I and she's just a fun person to hang around. And, you know, we've had so much fun the two trips I've been over there. And she's promised me a trip here this next summer. So Wow, and that's that that'll be a great chance for me to actually meet her. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing that we were able to do this with our te- with the technology today. The internet, if nothing else, has helped so many marginalized communities, especially one as marginalized as a transgender community, so that we get to actually know that there that we're not alone, that there are others around there, and we actually begin to to make these really strong relationships. And I'm just so glad that that happened. And I'm so glad you met, met met Emma. Yeah, and I mean that, and that that a that ability to connect in those online forums is exactly it. You know, and Emma and I, you know, spent some time talking about that and how we met. And the server we're on in Discord is called Translator. 
So it's specifically designed for transgender people um, that could be male, female, or even NBs who are looking, you know, for community. So, but it's designed for people that are probably 30 plus. And, you know, there's, there's a whole age range of people in there though, from their late twenties. I, I think I've seen people in their 60, 70 years old as well. But Emma and I just, we, you know, we got on there, you know, within a month or two of each other and we became friends. And then as we talked about, you know, those similarities in our life, you know, both in our mid forties, both with two kids, right. wives that were at various stages of acceptance. Right. And, you know, you know, my ex is, you know, has come so far and to see Emma's, you know, soon to be ex come as far as she has. Right. It, it, it's a testament to to our ex-spouses. And it's also a testament to each to you to you together because you're able to do that. And the fact that you've got an entire ocean in between you isn't in the way. I think we should have her back in six months, like in in, in June, and, and see how things are going for her at that point. Because this is really a fascinating story. And we'll be talking more about that story and other stories like that coming up in future episodes of Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling. And I'm Amy Stevens. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.